0: You married up. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Praise the Lord. We're gonna I wanted you to meet him. I want our Bible school students to learn from him. I'll put a man of faith up against a missiologist with three degrees any day of the week. Because that's how the work gets done. Until you come to the place where you're gonna get full of faith that God wants to use you, you're you're playing at it. Uh, let's pray for their, God's blessing on their ministry, Father. We thank you for Mickey. We f- we thank you for their testimony. And uh, guys, if we could have you close with the song, let's just wait and we'll close with the song. I, I apologize, but to get think to make everything work, we're, you're in for a treat tonight. They're gonna you're gonna hear a new song, and so we'll wrap up with that if that's cool. And so, Father, um, just in, in the name of Jesus, we ask that you would continue to supply their ministry. Um, Mickey seems to be very determined to stay at a position where now that you've worked, he's not going to pull a bonehead move and get full of himself. Uh, He's going to stay full of faith and trust you to do what only you can do in and through him. Bless his leadership. Lord, would you please bless the ministry for your own glory. God, would you take the investment that's already there and Lord, multiply it throughout Mongolia, and then, Lord, your will be done, that what's taking place there would, would impact the nations for your glory. Lord, would you work in us, Lord, if there's any part that we're supposed to play in support, uh, if there's any part that we're supposed to play in prayer, uh, Lord, we, we want to we wanna do uh, our part. We want to we wanna be sensitive to your will uh, for our brother and uh, our, our role in, in loving and encouraging and supporting them. So, Lord, please, your will be done. And to you be all the glory and honor and praise. Thank you for that testimony. And thank you for men like Mickey. May they, may they, may they multiply greatly. And I ask this all in Jesus' name. Lord, would you help us in your word tonight? Uh, three pages of notes. Oh, help us, Lord. We trust you tonight, in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you didn't get a set of notes on the way in, you want hard copy, raise your hand, and the Connections team is going to hook you up. Otherwise, you can get the digital copy on the social links, you know the drill. If you don't know what I'm talking about, have somebody point you to our Facebook or our YouTube page, and uh, they'll show you how to get the PDF. I don't know if it's posted at mbtkc.org yet, but we're in full, we're in uh Proverbs chapter 11. Proverbs chapter 11. Three pages of notes, y'all, so turn to your neighbor and say, get ready to get to work. Can't have anybody sleeping, doping off on us. This is, uh, this is a time to get, to get dug in and get to work. All right, point number one, verse number one, don't cheat when you do business. Cheat is what goes in the blank. Verse one says, a false balance is abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. This is, this is like, you know, you're lying about what you're selling. This is your thumb on the scale. Did you get that? There's the image. Okay, so he's selling a piece of chicken. He's trying to weight it down, and she's trying to lighten it up. They're, they're, they're doing dirty business. Okay, God hates that. Leviticus 19, verse 35. You shall do no unrighteousness in judgment, in meat yard, and weight, or a measure. Just balances, just weights, a just ephah, a just hin shall ye have don't cheat so what would happen is is you know if I'm buying I've got a set of weights that are a little bit lighter than normal but if I'm selling I have a set of weights that are just a little bit heavier than normal in other words I'm going to get more for me in every transaction and what's happening is is every transaction is a lie every transaction is a cheat and God says I hate it didn't I bless you I brought you out of the land of Egypt and you're going to treat each other this way no it's 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 out of bounds, Deuteronomy 25. You're not going to have diverse weights. You're not going to have your cheater weights when you're measuring out produce, when you're measuring measuring out transactions. Thou shalt not have in thy bag diverse, differing weights. Don't buy into the cheater system. Thou shalt not have in thine house diverse, cheater measures, right? Differences of standards, great and small but thou shalt have a perfect and just weight and a perfect and just measure shalt thou have, and I will bless you. Look at the rest of the verse. That thy days may be lengthened in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. For all that do such things and all that do unrighteously are an abomination unto the Lord thy God. Do you see how God hates cheating? How he hates lying? Oh, we saw, well, we will see that in Proverbs twelve twenty two: Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord. Chapter 16, verse 11, a just weight and a balance are the Lord's. Chapter 20, verse 10, diverse weights. There it is. I've got two different standards of measurement. If I'm buying from you, I want to use the light set of weights in the scale so I don't pay as much. If I'm selling to you, I use the heavy set of weights in the scale so I get more cash. They're abomination unto the Lord. A false balance is not good. Micah 6, verses 10 and 11. Are there yet the treasures of wickedness in the house of the wicked and the scant measure that is abominable? There it is again. Disgust me, the Lord says. Shall I count them pure with the wicked balances and with the bag of deceitful weights? So get this down. You cheat in business. You lie. You take advantage of people in your business. That's disgusting to God. He hates it. It's lying and it's cheating. And it's nauseous to the Lord. So here's the contrast, right? A just weight is his delight. So be fair, right? Don't cheat. Be fair in your business dealings. So this would be a place for prayer. How would we pray? Well, okay, what's gonna make us fair in our business dealings? Remember what the Lord said. Didn't I bring you out of Egypt? Haven't I been more than fair to you? And if we can just remember that the Lord is our portion. Psalm 16, verse five. The Lord is the portion of mine inheritance and of my cup thou maintainest my lot. God's going to make sure that I'm provided for, so I don't have to cheat. In other words, it's not, I don't have to make sure I get blessing. God's going to take care of me, so I'm going to do what's just. I'm going to do what's right. Is this making sense? So clock in. Uh, Don't have your buddy clock you in. Clock in when you get in right? Do not lie and cheat. Don't don't lie about what you're selling to get over on someone. Be fair in your business dealings because if you've got the Lord, you've got everything. You've got more than you could ever need. Amen? If the Lord is your importance, your, your, your portion and your inheritance, well then you are rich. You are set. You are set like Chet. Whoever Chet is, man, he's got nothing on you. You've got the Lord, so I don't have to cheat somebody. Number two, pride goeth before a fall. Number two, verse two, pride goeth before a fall. When pride cometh, then cometh shame. You see that cat thinking it's going to eat a bird? <laughs> but with the lowly is wisdom. This word pride comes from a, wor- a root word meaning to seethe or to boil. Um, it's like seething lentils, right? Seething pottage, uh, boiling your beans, right? To seethe or to boil. So when someone's full of pride, right, they're boiling over, they're seething with self. Getting full of pride, that's what rookies do. That's the failure of the novice. That's why we don't put rookies in the pastorate, because they will boil over with self, not a novice, 1 Timothy 3, 6, lest being lifted up with pride, he fall in the combination of the devil. So you see a great example in the person of Solomon. Here he is, he's made He's put in office, as it were. He's king of Israel. God comes to him, and we don't have time to look through it, but in 1 Kings chapter 3, he took Mickey's position. I'm like a little child. I don't know how to come out or go in. Uh, in humility, he asked for wisdom from on high so that he could do a good job with God's people and please the Lord what he requested. Micah 6.8 says, O man, what is good? and What doth the Lord require of thee but to do justly? And to love mercy, and to walk humbly with God. And so as you study out Solomon, contrast him with Nebuchadnezzar in Daniel chapter four. Here you got a guy that gets full of himself, and he's full of himself, so he's full of wickedness, and he sees himself as the answer to the world. He's a perfect type of antichrist, and then God cuts him down. You know, go ahead, run on for a long time. Go on, run on for a long time. Gambler, backbiter, right, I'm, never mind. Uh, Blind boys of Alabama, they got it down. God's going to cut you down. That's what's going to happen. And that's exactly what happened. He was like a beast. He was so full of himself, now he's living like a beast. So you see both states in the same monarch. God knows how to bring the proud low. One way that you know that you're dealing with pride is whenever it keeps coming out of your mouth. Okay, so the problem is the mouth with pride. Proverbs 13.10 says, Only by pride cometh contention. In chapter 6, verse 2, we see that we can be snared with the words of our mouth. In chapter 12, in verse 13, we see the wicked are snared by the transgression of their lips. And we'll see an example of pride, somebody full of pride and getting trapped by their mouth, in Miriam and Aaron. So little brother is being used mightily of God, and they've got a little envy. They get lifted up with pride. He marries, you know Little brother marries a heathen woman, Gentile woman. That's offensive to their sensibilities, and what? Hasn't God used us? And so they they start talking trash, and and God cuts them down. So their mouth gets them in trouble. Look at Moses' mouth, the mouth of the lowly. Look at how he responds, Numbers 12, 13. Moses cried unto the Lord, saying, Heal her now, God, I beseech thee. And they were just talking trash on him. Uh, The words of his speech pleased the Lord, so he healed her. Uh, There was still discipline, but but healing came in response to Moses' humble mouth. Verse number three, we see the upright versus the transgressor. The integrity of the upright shall guide them, but the perverseness of transgressors shall destroy them. In the upright, you can look at the example of Joseph. He was upright when his brothers weren't. He was upright when Potiphar was not, right? He was upright before a wicked, heathen king. And what did the Lord do? He blessed him. The, up, the integrity of Joseph guided him in his ministry. And at the end of his life, he could say to his brothers, "You thought evil against me, but God met it unto good, to bring it to pass as it is this day, to save much people alive. Those who are following hard after God, they're walking in that integrity. Well, they're gonna, they're gonna be set you see it in the example of Ruth. We got the example of Joseph. For the guys, the example of Ruth. For the gals, she's a godly woman, and she's going to go the. It's a hard way, but it's the right way, and she's going to walk with God with Naomi. So she's following God's will for her life with integrity. And then notice her hap, her handsome, her happenstance. Ruth two three. Her hap was to lie on a part of the field belonging unto Boaz. He was the kinsman redeemer and the type of Christ in her life, and now she is in the lineage of the Lord Jesus Christ himself. The integrity that she walked in, God made sure it guided her, and she ended up right. So here's the key. You want to get this down in your notes. When you're walking with God, you end up in all the right places. All your lines fall out right places, man. That's the promise of Scripture. When you're walking with God, you end up in all the right places. And so in terms of prayer tonight, how do we respond in prayer? Well, we ought to just trust God. If, we're gonna walk, if, we, if we will purpose in our hearts to walk in biblical integrity, then we can trust the Lord, whether we're going through trial, persecution, little tribulations, that's okay. God's going to use it to lead, guide, and direct us. The blessings that come to us in life. So how, how, how do I know I'm going to end up, my hap is going to be correct? Well, God's going to open and close doors. And I'll love some, I'll, I'll not like others. <laughs> and yet I know God is the one that's directing my paths because we're committing to walk in our integrity before the Lord. So we've got the upright, look at the transgressors. Great example, how do the, how do the transgressors end up? Verse three, but the perverseness the perverseness, the crooked way of the transgressor destroys them, but the perverseness of transgressors shall destroy them, and there is no greater example of that than Haman, wicked Haman, and you read about that in Esther chapter 7. He sets a trap for someone he hates who's just doing the right thing. All right, here you got this Mordecai, a type of the Holy Spirit, and uh, Haman don't like the fact that this guy won't bow down and worship him. He's a great type of antichrist, and so he builds gallows, you know? Uh, he, he builds the, the highest possible gallows that he can because they're, they're built to kill one man and, and then just read Esther and whose neck got stretched on it. His perverse way was his undoing. Uh, you see it in Ahithophel, and I, um, you know, John Phillips does such a great job. I just put that in there for your study. Caught in his own trap. He took his own life, but his perverse way was his undoing. Number three, verse four. Your wealth, by the way, cannot save you. You may be very rich in this world. You may be working very hard to be set in this world that will do you no good beyond the grave. Riches profit not in the day of wrath. But righteousnesses delivereth from death. Look at Psalms 49, and you'll see the mindset of, of carnal men, of fleshly thinkers. So the wise men die, fools die, and verse 10 says they leave their wealth to others. You can't take it and make a deal with God. Now look at how they think, verse 11. Their inward thought is that their houses shall continue forever. And their dwelling places to all generations, they call their lands after their own names. Be like Fortieth and Walnut, Sam Land. (laughs) It's always gonna be Sam Land. It's a stupid name and a stupid idea because flesh is like a vapor, it's like a blade of grass. They call their lands after their own names. Nevertheless, watch this man being in honor abideth not, he is like the beasts that perish. One day you're going to die like a dog. Their way, right, this is their way, is their folly, yet their posterity approve their saying, Sailor, like sheep they are laid in the grave, death shall feed on them, and the upright shall have dominion over them in the morning, and their beauty shall consume in the grave from their dwelling. You're going to die, and outside of Christ, that will be a day of wrath. For those who do not die and they end up having to deal with Christ when he returns, there's a day of wrath coming, brothers and sisters. And riches will not profit in the day of wrath because you cannot, whether it's on the other side of the grave or Christ coming to take his kingdom, you cannot buy God off. That's your next blank. You can't buy off God. You can't give him enough money that he's like, okay, yeah, you're good. God doesn't take bribes. In Revelation chapter 6, you see rich men, chief men, mighty men, kings hiding themselves in dens and in the rocks of the mountains. And they're saying to the earth, cover us, for the great day of his wrath has come. And who shall be able to stand? Do you think they had a way to buy themselves out of the wrath that they earned? Wouldn't they have done it? Why do you think Musk wants to get to Mars so bad? He may not know consciously, but that man's running from something. Just saying. Revelation chapter 20. One day, the dead, great and small, will stand before, the God, before God. Books will be opened, and they won't be financial records. And men will stand upon nothing, and they'll be judged. Verse 13 says, Revelation twelve 20, 13. They'll be judged every man according to their works. I don't want to be judged according to my works. Thank God for Calvary. Amen? Thank God. I don't have to try to, to put some money together to deal with eternity. Jesus paid it all. So the example there is the rich man and Lazarus. Uh, his wealth didn't do anything for him. I'll let you study that in Luke chapter 16. So here's a point of praise for us. Jesus paid it all. He is our portion and our inheritance forever. Amen. So thank God for Christ our portion, our righteousness, and that brings us to verse 5. So that'll be a point of praise for us. Number 4, verse 5, we see direction and deliverance by righteousness. Righteousness is your last blank. The righteousness of the perfect shall direct his way, but the wicked shall fall by his own wickedness. Now for you and I, we know that Christ is our righteousness, amen? And so Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5 says we can live without covetousness. We can be content with what we have. Why? Because Christ is our portion and our inheritance forever. He will never leave us nor forsake us, Hebrews 13, verse 5. Now the wicked, they fall by their own wickedness. And we saw that. This echoes what we saw in verse 3. So wicked Haman is another great example. But here's the key the righteousness of the perfect shall direct his way so you want to trust God Christ who is your righteousness right you want to trust God to lead and direct your way trust God to guide you in Proverbs chapter 3 verses 5 through 6 we saw how to do that we trust the Lord with all our heart and we lean not unto our own understanding in all thy ways acknowledge him and what will he do He will direct our way, right? He will lead and guide and direct us. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. So trust the Lord to guide you, but also know he has you here to lead and guide you. The structure of the local church is what God will use in your life. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 11, be followers of me even as I also am of Christ. Proverbs 2, verses 20 through 22, we saw that same principle. We're to walk in the way of good men. Find some people who are following hard after God and then follow hard after God with them. Keep the paths of righteousness. Dwell with the upright, verse 21. Okay, verse number six. The righteousness of the upright shall deliver them, but transgressors, here it is again, shall be taken for, or, uh, they, uh, the, sorry, the transgressors shall be taken in their own naughtiness. So you got some people who are spreading traps, they're laying traps and they get taken in them. They lay wait for their own blood. They think, they're, they think that they're making a prey of others, but really they don't know they're destroying themselves. And again, we saw the example of Haman in that. But look at verse 6. You see that word naughtiness. They're taken in their own naughtiness. That, the root of that word is related to what we saw in Proverbs 6, verse 12, as a man of Belial, Belial, right? Someone who is a wicked fool. And there is no greater example of this than 1 Samuel 25, verse 25. This man Nabal, he was a man of Belial. Nabal is his name, and watch this. And folly is with him. Folly is with him. See, a man of naughtiness, a man of Belial, right? What is he doing? He is into empty pursuits, Whatever he pursues, it's folly. It won't produce what he wants. And you see that in the example of Balaam. Wicked Balak promised Balaam riches if he would just curse the Hebrew children. And Balaam was so determined to curse them, he tried very hard, and it proved his worthlessness because he couldn't do it. Every time he'd open his mouth, this son of Belial ended up blessing them. He couldn't even curse the nation of Israel. So his goals, because they were contrary to God's, proved his worthlessness. All of his trying at cursing came to nothing. Every time he tried, he blessed God's people. So what he did is he changed tactics. I can't curse what God has blessed, and so trip him up with, uh, with the honeys. Trip him up with the honeys. Let them fall into fornication with your women, and so you know they had some. They I, I don't uh, forgive me. I don't know what the other word. I don't. I don't know what the right word is. But 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 these heathen people, they had some. They had some hussy mamas, uh, some hoochie mamas, some I don't know. They they had some gals that were willing to just get down and, and get nasty. And and uh, Numbers 25 verse one, God's people began to commit whoredom with the daughters of Moab. Why? Because Balaam wanted, he loved 2 Peter 2 verse 15, the wages of unrighteousness. I want to get paid, and so I'm getting over on God's people to get ahead in this life. Jude verse 11 says, there are people who run greedily after the error of Balaam for reward. They perished, and guess what? So did Balaam. What was his end? Remember, remember the promise of Scripture, transgressors shall be taken in their own naughtiness. So the naughtiness of Balaam was, let's strip up God's people so that they'll curse themselves before the Lord. And You read Numbers 31, and God tells Moses, avenge, avenge the children of Israel of the Midianites, and then I'll bring you home. So Moses sent them to war, and they slew the kings of Midian. Verse 8, the five kings of Midian. Balaam also, the son of Beor, they slew with a sword. How do you like your payday now? Right? He was taken in his own naughtiness. You see how that works? You, you think you're laying a snare, you think you're you're making a prey of others, and you don't realize you're setting the trap for yourself, Balaam. Haman. <laughs> remember the remember the guys in Darius's empire? Wait, that Daniel. I know how to get him. And who was the prey? Who ended up being Purina lion chow? It wasn't Daniel. Here's what we need to get. Every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. James 1 verse 15 says, Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. I want to get paid. So I, I, the Lord is, I don't think the Lord's my portion and my inheritance. No, there's something in this world that I have to have ahead of a right relationship with God. So that sin, that rebellion, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. How many of even God's people have destroyed their lives because God wasn't enough? So here's the point of prayer. How do you need to trust God to lead you? Don't go away. That's right in your own eyes. How many times do we? How many times do we bring this up? We bring it up all the time. You go away. That's right in your own eyes. But the end of those way, ways, the end thereof, are the ways of what? It's death. So that's the point for prayer. God, how do I need to follow after you? I don't want to set trap for myself. But then, repentance. What wickedness must stop in our lives? Is there some point? of grievance before the Word of God, before the Spirit of God that needs to be gotten right with the Lord. We're out of time...